Are you a rebel seeking transformation in your recovery journey? Then 366 fucking days sober is the book for you. 366 daily meditations. This book by the SoberPod Recovery Podcast host and professional rebel, Carl, will help guide you towards a new way of thinking and living. Each daily meditation offers a fresh perspective, practical advice, and a healthy dose of Carl's irreverent humor to help you stay sober and embrace the challenges of life without drinking, drugging, or shitting your pants. Whether you're just starting your recovery journey or looking for a daily dose of encouragement and laughs, 366 fucking days sober is the book for you. So, if you're ready to transform your life and become the rebel you were meant to be, get your copy of 366 fucking days sober today. Available today on Amazon.com. Imperishable good stuff. Oh, that's right. I'm Carl. <laughs> <laughs> Carl, I'm a. We haven't done it in a while. We skipped a week. So, yeah. Anyway, I'm Carl. I'm an addict alcoholic. And my sobriety is August 22nd, 2014. I'm Chelsea. I'm an alcoholic. And my sobriety date is February 19th, 2015. This is SoberPod. SoberPod.com. 366 fucking days sober. Yeah. Sober pie, keep it authentic, no facades. If it's real, then you know it's ours. Welcome. Sober Pod is a podcast dedicated to the idea that one addict or alcoholic helping another is crucial to building a life in recovery. Yay. Join us on this season as we read from our book, 366 Fucking Days Sober. And as always, stay active, stay sober. 366 Fucking Days Sober. The wait is over. <laughs> No shit. I love that. I love that the way to do. <laughs> um, that was a really good rhyme too. I, I never. I, I should. I should. Uh, I don't know if I. I haven't sent the podcast to the guy that actually did the song yet. Uh, either way, um, we are. Uh, we are sober. Uh, we are reading from the three hundred sixty-six fucking day sober book. Uh, this, I maybe from now and forevermore. But but we did read uh, living sober. Uh, so from the book Living Sober, we did the same thing we're doing with this book. We would listen to a, well, except in this case, this case it's just a page. In the other stuff, we would listen to a whole chapter and then we would discuss it. And the book Living Sober is from Alcoholics Anonymous, AA World Services Organization. And it really, I think it was printed in like maybe the 70s or something. We written in, printed in the 70s. And it really just covers like the basics of like early sobriety, like, you know, Basics, mm -hmm. to do's, what not to do. So if you are new to sobriety, if this is your first listen in terms of like, you know, I don't know, maybe just yesterday you've had enough. I don't know. Maybe she left. Maybe he left. Maybe the kids, maybe they all left. <laughs> so you know, maybe, <laughs> um, you know, and you're like, you know what? I'm done. I'm done. I just want to, I just want to be sober now. Um, you know, it's not easy. It's fucking not easy at all. So there's some, there's a cheat sheet in the book, Living Sober. And, uh, and it covers a lot of topics in terms of like, uh, you know, how to kind of like uh, alleviate, um, you know, uh, like uh, drinking urges and, you know, they fucking chewing on hard candies and having sugar and, you know, I don't know, dumping out your alcohol, all the other stuff that it talks about. But there's a, you know, a lot of little um, sober life hacks, if you will. <laughs> sober hacks. Sober hacks. Your top 10 sober hacks here. <laughs> anyway, so um, 
so yeah, so go back and listen to that. It was in March 2022, 20, 23. I don't know when we did it. Uh, 22. 22, March 22. It was when we started to listen to it. And um, and so you can go all the way back to those. Those are freely available if you just turn your dial back. And by the way, our Spotify says it's our number one listen to podcast. Hell yeah. Just saying. So um so there's a reason for that. So uh so go back and listen to that. So this this season we are doing we are reading from the book 366 fucking days sober. And uh, oh by the way, friends in recovery. They just did another episode last Tuesday on our on the book. They literally Nice. So if you want a good <laughs> like review of the book like and like before you fucking buy it or gift it to a friend, go check them out. I'm serious like dude, I'm like I I'm I was editing the podcast cuz I also edit that one. Uh, and I was just blushing. I was just fucking blushing. Like, cause I'm like, oh, oh my gosh, these people like me. They really like me. They're like, we know Carl edits the podcast, so we're just gonna, yeah, we're just, just gonna, gonna fluff, fluff this up. So, um, so yeah, go back if you want to review the book. And I mean, they do. They talk about it, and they talk about how, um, uh, like, I, I guess one of the things that happens, and it's kind of like anything, I think, which is, you know. Whatever I've written about for that day, they seem to be going through it on some level, right? Or they just highly relate to to what it's, you know, what's written. So, uh, so that's what they talk about. Um, and then, so this season or today, we're going to read from the book and then talk about the reading. Chelsea, um, never mind all that other shit. Uh, how are you doing? Do you, are you having dog issues? He's just like I don't know what he's doing. He's like in his crate, kennel, whatever, yeah, yeah. And, you know, walking around. I'm like, dude, shut the fuck up! Yeah, like, tick, 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 tick. <laughs> he's all right. You know. uh, we could speak. He's, fine. he's looking at me. He's looking at me like, what, mom? Like, you put me here. Yeah. Like, do you know what fucking like, time it is? Shut up. <laughs> so, um, uh, but I'm doing well. I'm doing well. Yeah. Uh, just been working and I'll work this weekend. So it's kind of good that we're recording today on a random Friday. But yeah. yeah. yeah nothing, I, ha- I have water polo crazy. to attend. So it's also, it benefits me as well. Cause I am like, nice. if, we, if, it, if it isn't right now, it's like, it probably never this weekend. So I got, I got some. Yeah. Water polo and family stuff and, you know, holidays are coming. Gotta get some shopping done, you know. All the other. Good you still stuff. have shopping to do. Of course, I'm a dude. Dudes don't <laughs> shop until last minute. That's our job. We are. The I'm last finding that place. is the truth. That That's is the truth. So true. Yeah, I I think I have like most of mine done, but I'm keeping it really low key this year. So, and everything was done online. Oh, there you go. That's how most people are doing it. So, um, um, so what are we gonna do right now? We're gonna read. Gonna read, and then talk. We're we're gonna we're gonna read and talk. Um, okay, I'm gonna read, and then you're gonna talk. Okay, we'll see how that goes. <laughs> All right, here it is. Uh, December eighth. This is from the book. Uh, 366 fucking days sober. You can go to soberpod.com and pick up your own for twelve dollars and twenty two cents. Uh, and here it is, December eighth. In the external scheme of things, shining moments are as brief as the twinkling of an eye, yet such twinklings are what eternity is made of. Moments when we human beings can say, I love you, 
I am proud of you. I forgive you. I am grateful, grateful for you. That's what eternity is made of. Invisible, imperishable, good stuff. That's from Fred Rogers. Do you know who Fred Rogers is, Chelsea? You don't know who Fred Rogers is? I don't know. All right. How about Daniel Tiger? No. Oh, my dear Lord. So, <laughs> you, okay. So, do you know who Mr. Rogers is? Yes. This is, is that Fred Rogers? That's, that's Fred oh, okay. Rogers, Mr. Rogers. Well, okay. That, if you said Mr. Rogers, <laughs> well, he a had a story. first name, you know. No, he is Mr. <laughs> and that is it. All right. So, Mr. Rogers <laughs> did that quote. And it's, I mean, it's like, it's, I'll, I'll explain it later why it's in there, but here it is. So, I said, um, I found this quote early in my recovery. I cherish quotes like this when I first got sober. It was like the universe was telling me to hold on to this one. For some reason, it meant more to me than all the others. These words reminded me of how I desperately wanted to connect with others and how ostracized from my own life I had become. How my family wanted nothing to do with me and how hard it was to step into the life I once felt I had to abandon under the weight of alcohol and drugs. Today, I still hold these words close as they remind me to love, connect with, forgive, and be grateful for the people in my everyday life, to try not to be critical, harsh, or as mean as I once was, to leave room for the moments of the imperishable good stuff. Reflections. What quotes or wisdom do you hold close and within reach when you need it? Daily challenge. Stay open to genuine love. It's out there, I promise. That is my promise to you, Chelsea. <laughs> oh man, I should have I should have read this ahead of time uh, because I'm sure I've got quotes and quotes and quotes that I would love to share. But you know, yeah, okay, but but the ones that you hold close when you need them—that's the other thing, right? So um, it's funny, you know. There's like uh, the one, like I uh, the, I used to always say, especially early in the podcast when we were doing the podcast, I would say stuff like. Um, uh, you know, the unexamined life is not worth living. And that's literally Socrates. And I would be like, but I never understood. Like if I would have heard that in before I got sober, the unexamined life is not worth living. I would have just went like, what the fuck does that even mean? Right. You know, and then now that I've gone through like the process or 12 step recovery that forces you, forces you that I participated in, in examining my life. It totally makes sense. Right. Because it's like, once you, you know, go through that process, you kind of like, you, you start to use that measure uh, for almost everything in your life, right? You know, fourth and fifth step kind of stuff or fourth step, especially. So, um, okay. So let me get to this. So, um, which is, you know, I, there was a time when I would just be like, when I learned literally how to, you know, like I was getting into recovery um, pretty much online. Like that, my first year was really spent um, like, uh, just being online in recovery. Like I really didn't want to like connect with people in the real world, quote unquote. I didn't want to like participate with people like face to face when it came to like, you know, admitting like who I really was in the world. And, um, and I'll tell you what, like, I, I don't know if, uh, you know, the, uh, quote unquote, the algorithm got a hold of me and knew what I was like needing. But to me, it's like, I, I would just get served up these fucking quotes that were just like, they would kick my ass. And, and this was one of them. This was the one that like, so uh, let me just say when I started to, um, when I started to get into my life or step into my life and, um, and, 
you know, I was doing stuff that I'd never done before. I, w- I went to, I think it was my daughter in high school. I went to her uh, orientation. I think it was maybe sophomore orientation. And, um, and, and I never did that shit before. I like, I was never like the parent that fucking showed up for anything. Like I wasn't that dude at all. And, um, and it's so weird because like, I think the day that like I got the, this quote was that day of that sophomore orientation. And I had like saved it down because I was like, Oh, like I love this shit. Oh my God. It's fucking Mr. Rogers. Like that was like (laughs) even weirder. And so, um, and so, uh, so basically I say that down and then in, I think one of her English classes or something like that, like they asked the parents to, um, to leave their children a quote that they would be given that there was, that would be, you know, something, you know, for their children, a note for their children. And, um, and that's what I chose to leave. I, you know, I looked it up and I, you know, I wrote it down. And, um, so, so to me, I was like, you know, I'm, I'm like leaving that for my, oldest daughter because here's the other thing is it reminded me again like like the the words of like i love you i'm grateful for you you know i like i was never able to say that to my family or anybody in my family for that matter um and really mean it like as in it like i should have you know so that was kind of the thing is when this stuff would come up i would be like i just glom onto these things because it just because it expressed everything that i felt but i had no way I had no words for this shit. You know what I mean? Cause I had, I felt that way, but I didn't know how to convey how I felt because I didn't, I was never in touch with my feelings and these kind of quotes I would hold on to because they gave me, it's like fucking poetry, right? You know, you know, prose can never really describe what poetry can poetry. So touchy feely. And it's so obscure sometimes that's kind of what it reminded me of. And then again, mm-hmm. it was Mr. Rogers was just an awesome thing. So, um, and never mind like what it means. Right. Like, I mean, it's it's some deep shit. You know, it's like to to say, like, eternity is made of invisible, imperishable, you know, moments like, you know, that's the good stuff. It's like, oh, shit, like that shit you can't buy that shit. You can't like, you know, put on repeat that stuff. You can't call up on demand. You have to be there for it. You have to be aware when it happens. It's fucking. And by the way, oh, you have to be sober for that shit to happen, too. Right. To be able to like remember it and, and be like an active participant, you have to be sober. Mm-hmm. Right. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. And... Go ahead. Sorry. Well, I was just, you know, I, I like the quote. Um, you know, I was thinking about my own, I guess I don't really have anything solid that I can say for right now, but one that I was thinking of, I overheard someone um, on another podcast, like not related to recovery at all, but she said, I'm going to try and get it right. You're going to wonder how you'll do it until you wonder how you did it. Hmm. And more so just saying like, just do it. Like just try, just like put the effort in because, you know, it's a, if it appears daunting, such such as getting sober, right? Like that thought of like even not picking up a drink was like so overwhelming in the beginning and thinking about like everything that would come after that point, like it was hard for me to slow down enough to even get to the first step, Mm -hmm. right? And so I like that, you know, what she said because I can wonder all 
all this time, like how I'm going to do this, how I'm going to like maintain it, sustain it, or I can just fucking do it and then keep, keep going at it. And then eventually I was like, how the fuck did I do this? You know, like I was wondering like, how the fuck did I get here? Like, this is crazy. Um, so just something I was thinking of because, um, it, it's something that I, I definitely went, I, I leaned on when I was in school and I felt like things were just so hard and like I couldn't go forward. And so, uh, you know, but I think it's relevant to just about anything that seems like a daunting task. For sure. So, um, so it, I, I guess one of the things I would love to, to hear from people, by the way, if you are on Facebook, dot com slash silverpod slash groups or whatever the fuck it is <laughs> if you're on our silverpod live group yo what are some good quotes i would love for people to post quotes mm. uh and if you mm -hmm. don't and it ends up you know a bunch of crickets on there that's fine but i would really love if you are a part of silverpod live group if you take like one of your favorite quotes like basically to answer the reflection questions like what quotes or wisdoms uh wisdom do you hold close within reach when you need it like what are some of the good quotes that you guys really hold on to in terms of recovery or your sobriety uh that that makes sense to you you know that that you know give you hope and give you some of that stuff so um so chelsea i, I you know it's this is like one of those pages where it's like that's really all we got that's it like you know unless we start whipping out a bunch <laughs> of quotes um you know i think the thing that you know really wanted to touch on in here that i didn't um you know that kind of gets glossed over is um you know, it was like, um, you know, it says, these words reminded me of how I desperately wanted to connect with others, right? Uh, how I ostracized my own life, uh, how ostracized from my own life I had become, you know, from my fam, uh, how my family wanted nothing to do with me, how hard it was to step into the life I once felt I had had to abandon under the weight of alcohol and drugs. It's like, just that it's in the middle of that that stuff. And it just reminds me of like, um, how desperate, isolated, and afraid, and lonely, like the 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 moments of of pure fucking desperation, right? Like like in that I I, I think for a lot of us, um, you know, to hold on to these little quotes of hope is one thing, but we like to have it to begin with is just the most fucking hardest thing because everything seems so fucking like hopeless <laughs> like it just yeah so i guess i just i, I don't want to gloss over the fact that like th this is this is shotgun barrel in the mouth sentences right you know mm -hmm. um like i wanted to fucking die and i did not know how to come out and um and and so then i go on to say you know, uh, today I still hold these words close as they remind me to love, connect, forgive, and be grateful, right? It's like literally like like the opposite of what's going on in the previous thing, right? Which is to say like, so it, I just wanted to kind of point out, so like if you're suffering, if you're, you know, uh, if you're hurting, which is that's the case here, right? Um, you know, if you're hurting, like it does get better, like it does, but you gotta, like you, like you just talked about, like you gotta make the effort, right? You gotta do mm -hmm. the action, right? You know, it's like, um, you know, connecting and loving and forgiving 
and being great. These are all actions. Like these are not stuff you just fucking like try on in the bathroom because it's fucking Tuesday, right? It's like these are things that you gotta like do in order to like you know, uh, start to affect change, right? So in your own life. So for me, it's like that was the thing. I asked for help, and I started to borrow the hope that I was being given, whether that be from the universe or from another person or, you know, from, you know, the uh, books of, you know, AA or uh, going to meetings or going uh, going to reddit, you know, dot com slash r slash stop drinking, right? That's mm-hmm. what I was doing at the time. Um, so I, I just wanted to, you know, point this out that it's like um, there, there is hope that there is a way out, that there is a, a path, you know, out of the fucking darkness. Right. So Chelsea, what would you tell those people in your own words that are feeling, um, you know, unwanted, ostracized and not able to grasp their own existence? Well, so here's, here's, I have mixed feelings about this because yes, like, it does get better. You got to stop wallowing in your self-pity. Shut the you, fuck up, you, man. <laughs> Are you talking to you, me? <laughs> <laughs> I, I'm talking to like my, my, I guess, former self. Like, yeah, yeah, you know, yeah. you're, you're feeling like an outcast. You're feeling unloved. You're feeling, you know, worthless. Like what, well, then do something that makes you worthwhile. You know, love someone if you want to be loved. Um mm you know, reach out to people instead of saying, you know, just feeling lonely. Like, you know, you, you have the ability to reach out to people and like, you know, maybe go to an AA meeting because there Fuck are people that. there That's that will love you. <laughs> <laughs> but they, there will be people there that are willing to give you support mm-hmm. and love most likely. Um, and so you, you gotta like, get out from the pity party of like, you know, I, my life is shit. Like, you know, everything's ruined. No one likes me. I don't have anyone in my corner. Like, what are you doing to change that? Mm -hmm. You know, if, if you want to be someone that's loved, then love other people. If you want, um, friends, then be a friend. Uh, you know, so I, I noticed when I was newly sober, I had a lot of the pity party thoughts, like, you know, no one wants to be my friend now that I'm not drinking, like, um, just feeling super like isolated and, you know, my family doesn't understand and, you know, they, I'm just an irritable person to be around in the first place. So like, no one wants to hang out with me because I'm so restless. Um, so it wasn't until I realized like I have a role in this that, um, things started changing. You know, I, I could not just sit there and be sober, like not pick up. I had to put in some action in order to make improvements in my life because just because you stop drinking, stop picking up whatever you're using does not mean that your life is going to miraculously get better. You have to make changes along with that to improve your life, improve your mental health, your relationships. So that's why I say I've got mixed feelings because yes, it it does get better, but also like stop whining. 
Yeah. <laughs> you know, it's funny. I, I, I interviewed a guy. Uh, I also read the book, uh, 12 Essential Insights for Emotional Sobriety, Alan Berger. Maybe I'll repost it. But he, uh, he you know, in his his story, a dude, a dude's got like, I don't know, I think he had like fucking 50 or 40, 50 years. I forget what it was. It was just a god-awful amount of uh, recovery. He got sober mm-hmm. when he was like 20 or something in like Hawaii. Uh, but his, uh, the guy that uh, helped him get sober, he would... Uh, the therapist he walk into his office and above on the doorway it would say something it said something like um like nobody's coming to save you right mm. and um in you know and and i guess that when i read his book i really got the message too right like it's like oh yeah like it is it is no and my sponsor john um you know who the reason why i wrote this book he would say all the time like um stuff like that except he said it in ways of like you know your recovery is your responsibility like nobody mm-hmm. else's. Like there's no, like, yeah. there's no, nobody's like fucking, <laughs> nobody's right now thinking, going, I, I, I really hope Carl's happy today. <laughs> like, I mean, and if they are, they're probably a sick person. But, uh, <laughs> but that's the thing is like, there's no, like it really is your responsibility and nobody is coming to save you, which is you're absolutely right, 100%. Uh, I never got the memo on that, you know, um, because uh, for me, you know, it was, and I don't know if everybody listening is out there just like me, which is like, it was always their fault. It was always them. It was him. It was her. Mm-hmm. It, was that, it, was that, it was that fucking boss or it was that, that you know, as, as school as that principal or that counselor or whatever. Right. It was always a girlfriend too. Right. Don't forget that. And when I got married, it was always my wife. Dude, I, I would go to meetings and it would be like fucking, I, I, I swear to God, people would just, I would say like, uh, I would speak and I would hear like somebody in the back go, my wife. <laughs> Because <laughs> I fucking, I would do it all the time. I would just start a fucking share with my wife. That's how I was like, Carl, I'm, I'm an alcoholic, and my wife. You know what I mean? It's like, <laughs> fucking lame is that shit? Just talk about playing the victim. So, you know, um, that's the thing is, is I had to stop fucking playing the victim, and I had to really, like I said in this reading, like step into the role that I was, you know, um, supposed to have, and that I was so afraid to to own right i just because i just so fearful of what was going on but yeah uh nobody is yeah so i guess the good news and bad news which is like if you're listening and and you were like thinking about him or her or them uh fuck all that shit nobody's coming to save you it's fucking all on you sorry to hear that but that's the good news too right you know right yeah so uh, definitely say hey when you figured that out was that like a, a relief for you or was that something that like You know what I mean? Like, were you like, fuck, it is up to me. (laughs) No, it was like, fuck, because it's a lot easier to blame others than have to like, you know, own it and, and like, uh, actually do something with that. Mm -hmm. You know, if, if I'm able to blame others and that doesn't put any responsibility on me, I don't have to do anything to like change anything, but coming to that realization that like, I chose to do this shit to get sober and like it is up to me on what my future looks like. Mm -hmm. It's up to me on like if I if I don't want to be lonely, well, then I need to fucking do something about that. I can't just like not leave my house, you know, and not socialize with people and um, isolate myself more because that's that's not fixing anything. Mm -hmm. Um, So, yes, it, it was like. 
I I guess I was bummed because I realized, oh shit, I actually have to put effort into this. <laughs> but yeah. you know, once I realized like I'm fully capable and and can like fix this to some extent, then it was also relieving, you know, to to know that like, okay, I'm feeling this way, but I can do something about it. You know, that's within my power to uh, not feel so lonely or to. Uh, not feel like I don't have any friends or a, a support system or a place to hang out, you know? Yeah, yeah. Um, yeah. Those were all things that I could solve for myself to some extent. So, yeah. When I, I, so, yeah. My first quote that I, I started it off the podcast, which is like a long time ago, which I, I've removed all the episodes, but it's uh, if I am, uh, if I am persistent, I will get it. If I'm consistent, I will keep it. And I, mm -hmm. you know, I, that's one of the things I picked up on Reddit, you know? And I held, I've held on to that for a very long time. It's not recovery related. It's actually fucking like salesman oriented, <laughs> but, <laughs> it, but, but it, I applied it personally. And what that means to me mm -hmm. is that, um, you know, that same thing with, you know, getting sober, you know, I tried for years, two years to get sober. Like it was like, mm -hmm. uh, and I, and, and I had, since I had been in recovery before when I was younger, I didn't want to, I didn't want to make a big deal out of it this time. So I was really just trying to like do it for me. You know what I mean? Like I was mm -hmm. like, so I wouldn't tell anybody like, oh, I'm getting sober. I would be like, all right, I'm going to do it this week. I'm going to do it this week. And then like, you know, four hours later I was drunk again and I'd be like, God damn it. But I kept yeah. fucking trying. And I would, again, I would go read recovery groups drunk right i'd be reading about other people's successes and i would be like i'd be crying for them like i was so happy for you i, I, was, you know, I wish it could happen for me you know whatever. Mm -hmm. so, but uh but that's the thing i kept in it and i kept looking for like maybe that window of opportunity to actually like like when is it gonna when is it gonna stick for me when is it gonna catch and i can maybe i can you know put in a few more days than i've done before so um but yeah it for two years, I, I got in two years, I got five years sober. I mean, five years, I got five days sober in two years. Mm. I had five days sober in a row and that was my record. And I just thought that was the fucking best. Of course I celebrated by getting drunk, but, the, but, <laughs> but let's just say I was, I when what I was doing in that two years is I would do like, I would get like two days. Okay, great. I get three days, whatever. I got that five days and then I would try again. I get like two days, three days, whatever, four days, whatever. Um, my record being five days, but let me just say like all those tries, I think really prepared me for that final moment of like, you know, Hey, like maybe this is the moment, maybe this is the time. Yeah. You know, when I listened to that voice that, you know, I, I, you know, I don't know if I heard, but I felt that said like, now's the time. Like, like, you know, it's like, this is it. And I don't know how I knew or felt that, but I did. Right. So, but had it not been for the persistent, of that and then once i did get sober and for longer than five days i was like oh shit like this is i went a whole week you know what i mean like it was the longest week of my life but you know what i did but i was mm -hmm. like okay how did i do it right i was part of a group that you know online that not not 12-step focus but really just more about everyday focus right like mm -hmm. all right today i will not drink with you and like we'll move on and and that was really helping me early on especially so but I had to be consistent with that too, right? And yeah. then I was like, I got into more recovery and I got into other topics and I got into the more of the causes and conditions that really affected me, really impacted me, stuff that, you know, 
helped me from my emotional sobriety. Um, I, I learned how to be consistent with all that stuff too. And that, again, that was the stuff my sponsor would talk about all the time. Like, Hey dude, like it's great that you're in recovery and everything, but like, you know, you can't be, you can't, you can't sit there and be talking follow along in a meeting about everything is great and fine and dandy and go home and have a fucking fight with your old lady or an argument, sorry, with my old lady. And then fuck and be an asshole completely and fucking not, you know, screaming and fucking throwing shit and, mm-hmm. and expecting that um, to contribute to an, any amount of peace, <laughs> you know, or serenity, right? It just does not compute. And again, that's being consistent, right? I had to be consistent with that, with that discussion. So uh, Chelsea, do you find that you um, like from, from that standpoint, like, are you consistent in terms of like, when did you get consistent with your recovery? Uh, when did you get did I feel I like that <laughs> consistent with like, like your behaviors just like, and like, not like, yeah. you know, the, uh, or honestly, I, Honestly, it happened when I started going to the AA meetings because then I had like uh, a set time every week that I was going to a meeting and I was focused on recovery. Granted, every day I was focused on staying sober because it was fucking hard in the beginning. Um, But I would say that things started getting easier and things were more consistent when I knew that once a week, I only went to one meeting at that point. Once a week at the same time, I'm going to go to the same place and we're going to talk about recovery and I'm going to be surrounded by people who are dealing with the same shit that I am. Um, you know, just slight difference and variation, but um that's when it started uh kind of smoothing out a little bit because I had something to look forward to. I started like feeling a part of this community, even though I tried to separate myself mm-hmm. <laughs> a little bit in the beginning, sit in the back, like battling whether You're or badass. not I'm an alcoholic. Badass <laughs> in the back of the meeting. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> but you know, once I once I actually like started attending meetings and feeling more a part of, then it was more consistent. And then, you know, I'd sprinkle in different meetings here and there. And, um, eventually I got a sponsor and started working my steps, but it, it really started with, um, that one meeting going to it consistently and, um, immersing myself in recovery content, you know, outside of those meetings. So like I would follow people on Instagram. I would, uh, I listened to, um, well, I don't know if sober pod, I don't think sober pod was a thing yet, but later on in recovery, I started listening to sober pod, things of that nature. Um, well, what about you? When did you feel like it became more consistent? Was it just like, like after that initial period where you were on Reddit, like in your day to day life, when did you feel like it was more consistent for you? Got with my, my sponsor, John and I, um, and I would, I had, I had to confess all the fucking time about all the shit that I was doing. <laughs> and, mm-hmm. uh, so I would, um, you know, I went through the steps the first time and I don't know if it, I don't know if a lot of it really stuck, but then I went through it again. And then, um, and when I did go through it again after two years, it was really more about, um, you know, I'd be talking to my every day. Like I would call my sponsor and just be like, yeah, I fucking said this shit again. Or yeah, I, I you know, I told that bitch to fuck off. <laughs> Or whatever, <laughs> which I would never do today, but it's like, I it just, you know, 
unless they deserved it. But uh, <laughs> that's the thing is like, I would never do it the way that I did it before. And so, so I would call him and I'd say, yeah, I did that. And then he'd be like, you know, well, here's what you have to do. Like in the circumstances, like sometimes I would have to apologize or not, but um, that was painful to like have to go back and the action part of that. Right. Which is to like, Oh, now I got to like fucking clean up my mess. I never cleaned up my mess before. Like, fuck you. It's like, you know, why would I do that shit? Now I was cleaning up my mess and that action of cleaning up my mess really helped me to like become like more consistent because one thing is like I, I the last thing I wanted to do is have to clean up my fucking mess again. So I just shut the fuck yeah. up. <laughs> so, so that started to that started to even, like level me out a little bit like that started to take off the edges, you know, and and really like, you know, help me uh, discern, uh, you know, what was uh, more um what was more necessary in my life? What did I really value? And it did like, so after about two years, it was like uh, with the help of the, my sponsor in that way, like, and really figuring shit out, dude, sometimes I talk to that fucker, like, you know, three, four hours in a week. Right. That's a lot of time mm-hmm. talking. And I, and, and I tell you, it's like, you know, he got like 25, 30 years sobriety. Um, you know, he's, he's fucking seen a thing or two. He's fucking talked to a bunch of dudes. He's got a lot of experience along those lines. And he knows what the, the basic you know, structure is for a fucking well-lived life. And I did not have that. And it was pretty apparent. So that's the stuff mm-hmm. that he could definitely help me with. And, and I did, I, I took use of that really. Like I, you know, full on, like I, I utilized him as a sponsor in that way, probably more so than, you know, most people fucking use me. That's for sure. Right. Uh, so it's like, you know, I really was like, I wanted it. You know, I wanted whatever it was that he had, man. I wanted it. And I don't care if, they, you know, I mean, sometimes I would feel bad because I'd be like, dude, like, we've been on the phone for a couple of hours. You got something else to do, you know? And, yeah. and, and you'd be like, no. And he'd be like, no, you're <laughs> it. And I'd be like, oh, great. So, yeah. So that's the kind of stuff I'm really grateful for, you know, that kind of stuff. And that gave me a lot of insight into like, you know, somebody else's long-term recovery and what it meant to be in, in living life in that, in a principled way. Holy shit. That's like invaluable stuff. That's the imperishable mm-hmm. good stuff. Ah, get imperishable. <laughs> Look at me bringing it back. Bring it Looping back. it around. Yeah, bring it. That shit back. Yeah. All right, Chelsea. I think we've, I think we've talked enough on this fucking page, which is just like a nothing page, but you know what? Really uh, go back. You people after you've, purchase the book in fucking earmark this page you know try to you know fred rogers was not a fool right he was a fucking he was a very mm-hmm. spiritual man and um and i and i have read some of, of his other books he has some other books and then there's other books that um are on on the internet so if you want to go pick them up uh and fred rogers was really a spiritual dude and he really believed that like you know connecting with human beings was like kind of his primary task in life you know um you know i don't know if you were ever a kid but uh, you know, I, I, I don't know if you were ever a kid. I don't know if you were ever a I kid like, mm. that, that watched <laughs> Mr. Rogers. And I, I was not, uh-huh. like, I couldn't stand Mr. Rogers. I thought he was fake. I thought he was bullshit. And I was like, you're a fucking bullshitter. <laughs> I know. I really, Sad. as a kid, I fucking like, because all the other adults in my like, nobody talked like him. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like, fuck that shit. Like he didn't cuss. I loved Mr. Rogers. Yeah, you probably did. But I fucking thought he was just a farce, <laughs> like a fucking lying motherfucker. Like You're he was a fraud. I totally thought he was a fraud. <laughs> I was like, this fucking dude's a fraud. I got no fucking way. And it just, I don't know, it just seemed cheeky and cheesy to me. I didn't like it. But, um, but you know, so when I got older, um, what I, what I read was, is that he viewed the, um, uh, 
the ground between the television and the child as sacred ground. Like that was his connection point. And he really hmm. lived that way and really felt that way. And here's the other thing. I think, and I believe, I suspect anyway, that somewhere along the line, Fred Rogers was fucking like, he had some trauma in his life. And I'm not sure. I don't, I need more money for research. But, um, <laughs> but, but <laughs> the, a person only responds that way in the world, really, when they've, when they've met the other side of it. You know what I mean? Yeah. And so mm-hmm. it, I, I just feel, I get that vibe from his stuff today. But back then, I wanted nothing to do with fucking Mr. Rogers and his stupid little fucking songs. This <laughs> fucking sweater. Won't fucking. you be my neighbor? Yeah, if he didn't have a fucking pack of smokes rolled up in his fucking t-shirt, I wasn't going to trust him, you know? So. All right, yo. All right, Chelsea. Um, do, do you have any parting words that you want to say for our uh, uh, delightful demons? Delightful demons. Um, join the SOS meeting, the Solutions on Saturday meeting on Zoom. Um, you can find the information for that on soberpod.com. We it's hosted by V. And thank you, V, for hosting. I'm sorry that I'm not there as much as I'd like to be, but such is life. So, but it's a great meeting. I encourage everyone to attend if you can. It's 6 p.m. Pacific, right? 9 p.m. Eastern time mm-hmm. on Saturdays um, and on all the Zoom. Other times so, in between. Yep. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and I think that's it. I think I think we're good. It's almost Christmas, and I fucking hate Christmas. But you know what? We're gonna do it. We're gonna get through it sober. Just like any other time of the year, except you know, people are running around giving each other gifts and shit, and people get Christmas lights up, and yeah, mm-hmm. and the crap. Yeah. yeah. Well, which reminds <laughs> me, um, so it's around this time last year that my sponsor passed away. And that is like, uh, so just as a, if, if maybe next episode, I'm a little more sad than usual. That's probably a reason why I've actually yeah. Yeah, I've had a really hard time kind of thinking about it coming up. So uh, my current sponsor says, talk about it, idiot. You know, you got to fucking start talking about that shit. Yeah, idiot. Yeah. Talk about it. <laughs> <laughs> he doesn't say idiot. I say idiot. He doesn't. He says just talk about it. I add the word idiot. So, uh, um, but yeah, yeah, it, which is true. Like, it, it, I, I think you know, by example, is something I'm trying to do. So I'm bringing it up with you. It's like it's. I literally like. Um, it's a sadness. It's a deep sadness. The other day, I was crying. I was like, man, I really miss him, and I felt cheated, and I felt like I was grieving all over again, and I because I because I saw the dates coming, you know. And that, you know, mm-hmm. I had to put the Christmas lights out. And, and there's the other things of like, you know, the shit I would call him to complain about, you know, complain about the, you know, the Christmas lights this year, you know, <laughs> or, or the, I just had a tooth pulled. Like this is the, the shit like, you know, you call your sponsor about, which is fucking weird. Like calling your sponsor about getting a tooth pulled is fucking, I mean, it's like, it seems like it's not recovery related, but it really is. Right. You know, uh-huh. it's like everyday life shit that you you work out on that level so i really miss those moments when i can't pick up the phone and call him and say i got this tooth pulled out because he would totally relate you know on some other level and tell me about his fucking tooth woes (laughs) (laughs) all right chica i'm gonna i'm gonna i'm gonna go to a meeting talking about meeting i'm going to i'm going to an adult children of alcoholics meeting uh i've been doing that every friday um 
here in Corona. If you are so interested in attending people of the internets, uh, show up there. It's uh, it's interesting. It's uh, five thirty some Fridays at the Corona Serenity Club. It's a uh, it's a, a good meeting, good people, uh, and you know, bring your big red book. It's fun. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Well, with that, I will say deuces. And I will say uh, stay active, stay sober, and um, tip your waiters and waitresses. <laughs> Motherfucker. <laughs> Soberpod.com. 366 fucking days sober. Yeah. It was a sight to see them. Yeah. Breakfast was Sprite and Seagrams. Oh. Wrestling with my vices. Exercising my demons. Uh. My blessings were blocked so I never got the message. I'm stressing. I'm only 12 steps from an exit. Damn. Regret it. Because my imperfections were perfected. I ain't run from it. I accept it and rep it. It's a badge to me. Good stories come from a tragedy. And when you survive, the glory will come in Act 3. Three. The wait's over. 366 fucking days sober. Morning affirmations that can start the day for you. Use my favorite book, for a placeholder, finish when the day's over, okay? Okay, 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 yeah, sober pod, keep it authentic, no facades, if it's real, then you know it's ours, welcome.